I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On today's podcast, Adam Richard returns for our Mission Impossible series as we tackle Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. My name is Justin Hamilton. Remember, blue is glue and red is dead here on Big Squid. Welcome to a brand new Mission Impossible. as Adam and I ask the important questions like, what is a ghost protocol? <laughs> Thanks for all the great messages on the Mission Impossible series. Great to know that there's so many fans out there of this big, fun, dumb movie franchise. And it just becomes more fun the further it goes. Uh, a few quick things before we bring in Adam. If you're in Sydney, you can see me perform next week on the 13th of June at the Harold Park Hotel with none other than Tim Ferguson as my physical and emotional support act. Show starts at 7.30pm and I will be performing Little Victories, which is the show that I performed at the Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne Comedy Festival and over in Canberra recently. We've kept the tickets super cheap at $20.00 but they are limited. So if you're keen, head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. That is justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs to get on board. No podcast next week as I am off celebrating a couple of family birthdays along with some other life administration that needs to be done. But I'll be back with a new Pass the Amel soon. Uh, we are going to be recording an episode about the film Razorback. There will be the next Mission Impossible and a new space policy, which will be Aliens. Ben and I are going to be discussing that, so keep an eye out for all of them. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can access part two of my interview with Tony Martin from 2014. Uh, you may have heard me talk on previous podcasts, but I found a bunch of old interviews from my original podcast, Can You Take This Photo, Please, and have been 
cleaning up the audio and just kind of getting it a little bit crisper for everybody. So uh, already there are great interviews there with uh, Ronnie Chang from 10 years ago. My goodness, sweet Ronnie. Uh, Tom Gleason, Carl Wilson, Will Anderson and the two-part Tony interview is fantastic. When you sign up to Patreon, you can not only access all these interviews, uh, bonus scripts, competitions, stuff like that, you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to Malcolm Corbin. Hi, Malcolm. I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, I hope you're a big fan of the Mission Impossible films. Uh, this one is great. Uh, th- it is one of those series that I feel like it gets better the further it goes along. So uh, let me know what you think. Send me a message on Patreon and uh, we can have a chat about that uh, there. Uh, but as I said, thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter, Malcolm. It's much appreciated. If you'd like to sign up to our Patreon, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. Now it is time to catch up with Ethan Hunt as he and the entire IMF agency are disavowed by the US government after they're blamed for a terrorist attack on the Kremlin. Forced to go off the grid, Ethan must clear the agency's name and prevent another attack while working with fellow IMF fugitives he's not sure he can trust. Let's lock and load as we enter the world of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. An hour ago, a bomb blew up the Kremlin. The president has initiated ghost protocol. The entire IMF has been disavowed. Now I've been ordered to take you to Washington where they will hang the Kremlin bombing on you and your team. Unless you were to escape after assaulting Brandt and me. But if any one of your team is caught, they will be branded terrorists out to incite global nuclear war. So what happens now? Your mission, should you choose to accept it. So, what's the play? Now, I am a little bit confused because we always start this off with uh, when did you first see this movie? Mm. And did we see this one together? Is this when we started this kind of semi-annual tradition? Yeah. It feels right like that. I feel like maybe we... Did we maybe see this in Melbourne, like at at a screening or... I think maybe I have... Like it was like if it's in like when was it twenty eleven? Yeah, it, it must have been Melbourne, right? Yeah. Well, I was like deep in Breakfast Radio, so I have no memories from those last few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is uh, that is uh, an absolute fact, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I well, you know, the the weird thing that I find about these movies mm. is that even though I really enjoy them mm. and. Uh, would consider myself a fan mm. up until this moment, apart from the second one, which I'd never seen before because you told me not to. Yeah. Uh, but also has a lot of people out there who stand by it. Yeah, well, it's spectacular. It is spectacular. It is It is true. Watching it in context with the third one, mm. which feels like a better film, but as you said, feels like an episode of Alias. Yeah, it's a small, like, 
yeah, yeah. It's all framed really small, like small yeah. and televisually. Yeah, but it, it, what's interesting is. Uh, apart from that second one, I've only ever watched these movies once. Yes, I've never gone back to them, and oh, see, I've made, I've ploughed through them at least two or three times. So it's like I don't know why I haven't. I just yeah, I've, I've had my fun and then yeah. just haven't gone back. But also. Uh, I get scenes confused. Oh, with... from the different movies. So, and also James Bond movies and other. Oh, and, and Bournes and Salt. <laughs> well, did you did you see the trailer for the new film this week? The new uh, Mission Impossible. Is there another trailer? Yeah, I've watched him jump off a cliff forty times. Oh, well, <laughs> now now there's now there. Someone put a side-by-side of a Bollywood film. Oh. Uh, and so, I'll let you see the trailer first and then we can Hilarious. comment on that. But anyway, the uh, the falling car scene in mm. this film, that was etched in my mind as the ending of the first film. I, for some reason, I thought that was one of the Craig Bonds that I didn't enjoy. Right. Yeah, like, so I thought, is, that for, is that scene from Quantum of Solace? Is that is that a scene from... Well, from Spectre. So, I- <laughs> so you know what's weird is I kind of uh, I kind of remembered it as being a bit lame, but then I watched it this time and I thought it was fantastic. No, you know it was lame, um, and it's weird to say now, but Tom looked old, right, at the time, right, and now that he looks younger than he did then, it's frightening. Yes, because um, his hair. I remember being really concerned about his hair. Because uh, it had, I remember, a con- it must have been with you. Yeah. I remember having a conversation when we came out of the cinema going, his hair looks like purple. Like, yes. you know, when you dye grey yeah. and it just too much colour takes. Yeah. And it just, his hair looked purple and his man boobs were a little bit saggy. Yes. And he kept wearing that singlet at the start of the movie. It's like, oh. No, don't do that. You old lady, put it away. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Very ageist. I well, do apologise. No, no, but it is, it is funny because he he does kind of look a little... Well, he looks younger in the next films, but mm. I think he's starting to look older again. Yeah, which, now. Which makes sense because, you know, it's not having a crack. nearly 70. It, it's, <laughs> look, but people that age don't put themselves in action movies. No. So that's why... Well, Clint, but you know. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Clint's I'm, I'm Dirty Harry at 100. <laughs> Right. Wow. Do you, um, do you listen to? You don't listen to. You must remember this, do no. you? They're doing. A, Everyone tells me I should because uh, I would love it. Oh yeah. Uh, so they're doing nineties. Um, uh, uh, so they did eighties uh, mm. sex in the films in the eighties, mm. and then they've been doing it in the nineties. Anyway, uh, the episode that uh, revolved around Sandra Locke and her relationship with Clint Eastwood makes oh, it very difficult to bounce back with Clint. Yeah, it's difficult. Anyway. Yeah, Sandra did not have a great time. Anyway, we'll have fun at Mission Impossible. Um, uh, well, I, I, yeah, there's, there's something about Tom in this movie. I remember when it came out, there was a lot of talk of Jeremy Renner taking over the franchise. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that for a some bit reason. Later. So I think there was a bit of, um, yeah, the, like Tom had kind of like a, and, I, and he was on the nose as well around this time. He was on the nose. Well, let's uh, let's get into some of these segments because we can kind of yeah. talk about how he's on the nose. Uh, <laughs> segments, stamp that passport, locations we have visited. Budapest? Yes. You've been to Budapest? No, I have not. No. Uh, Mumbai, I have been. I haven't been to Mumbai. Uh, Prague, no. No, but I had a massage from a guy from Prague. Oh, that's close enough. <laughs> he lives that, in Adelaide now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's Hi, Pavel. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, that's a half tick. Uh, Seattle. 
I have not. I have. My sister's been. In fact, she went like uh, just at the end of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, Seattle's great. Again. Uh, Moscow? No, I no. haven't been to Moscow. Dubai? Dubai, no. I've been to Dubai. You've been everywhere. Yeah, oh, well, in this film, accordingly. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver? No, I've never been to Canada. Have you been to Canada? No, I did have a FaceTime with my sister who was in Canada. And, That's uh, a half tip. She... <laughs> It was minus 29 degrees, so I'm never going there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've always really wanted to go to Canada, but um, that does make me think I'll choose my months carefully. Uh, Bangalore, yes. No. Uh, Chennai, no. No. So, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a, I deliberately put them together this way. I had a no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Um, all over the place. I know. You're, like, you're like that song. I am. I'm like, I'm like lots of songs. Uh, segment, the year in action. So, these are the action films, some of the action mm-hmm. films that came out this year. Uh, Fast Five. Fast Five? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Oh, no, that is a mess. Thor. Thor? Yeah. The Branagh Thor. Yeah. The, the, the movie that, that it appears were the only two that enjoyed. Really? No one liked Thor? Everyone seems to shit on that first film. I think no, it's fun. I love the first one. The second one is a mess. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the first one. Also, In fact, I, I would argue that all the ones since Branagh have been a mess. Uh, well, Because I know you were alone in not really enjoying the third one. Yeah, and then I then I felt like I kind of got bullied into enjoying it, and then I kind of rewatched it, and I was like, I don't know. I just I, I feel like Brenna, like I think the character of Thor, mm. and also that came out this year was Captain America: The First Avenger, oh, which I love. And and when I knew those were coming out, it was like, fuck, how are you going to do Thor? And then also yeah. in the present political climate, how are you going to do Captain America? Yeah. I thought they did both of them really they did well. Both of them incredibly well. I like I love Joe Johnson. I think he's a great director. I think yeah. he's very underrated. And I think Branagh did, you know, he made Kirby's Thor. Yes. Like it was, you know, how Kirby did Thor as if you know, science as magic. Yeah. And I don't think anyone got it since. Like everyone's done science as science. Yeah. And they just keep going on about being gods. Whereas yeah. You just got the impression with the the Branner one that, yeah, 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 this is just a very advanced civilization. So advanced, we don't know how their science works. Yeah. It seems like magic, like that Arthur C. Clarke quote. But yeah. it's, yeah, I thought it was amazing. And he set so much up that other people have, you know, riffed on, but not really done anything with, well, realistically. I don't think you get Loki as the main villain no. if you don't nail him here. Well, also, Loki came from... Um, uh, Tom Hiddleston was Branagh's co-star in Wallander yeah. for seasons. So, that's like him casting someone he knows and can trust in yeah. that role. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. He can absolutely nail this. Yeah. Because he was nobody yeah. before that. I mean, Chris Hemsworth was nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I Natalie feel... Portman was the biggest star in the show. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like it's a, an underrated... Film, yeah, uh, I like Thor. Yeah, and you know you can complain that it's a big CGI fest at the end, but it, in, in comparison, it's actually not. No, like the Destroyer is great. I should bring Destroyer is amazing. I yeah. Uh, X Men First Class. I love that film too. That was. Uh, remember when we there was uh, there was talk that you might get a um, Magneto spin off, and it was him. Yeah. Like it was going to be like Fastbender doing a mutant kind of. James Bond kind of film yeah. hunting down Nazis and yeah. I was like geez that film 
really suggested that the X-Men franchise was about to go into some great places. Well, this is like, Fox made a mess of that. Because apparently Matthew Vaughan wanted to do Days of Future Past yeah. as the third movie. Which makes sense as the third film. In a trilogy. Yeah. Um, and wanted to do like an in-between one. Right. And they were like, no, we want that now. And then they hired Singer back and it's like... Yeah. And, you know, that was an entertaining film. Yeah. But it's like, why can't you just hold on to your load for just one yeah, more go? That is, <laughs> you know, that is one of the main problems with all these superhero films yeah. where it's like, you know, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man, mm. uh, two films with Andrew Garfield, it's like, we're going to kill off uh, Gwen. Yeah. And it's like, but we, we haven't spent enough time with her. No. Um, Emma... Emma played uh, Gwen, didn't she? Emma Stone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's like... Yeah, anyway. Um, Real Steel. Oh, I loved Real Steel. It's yeah. terrible, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's it's kind of terrible, but kind of great. Yeah. I liked it too. Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, oh, no good. Green Lantern. I saw that in LA with, with Will. Yeah. And I made Will go and see... Um, <laughs> I went to see... You know, sometimes they put a Broadway show at the cinema. Mm. So we went to see Company, which had Neil Patrick Harris and mm-hmm. John Cryer and Stephen Colbert and Martha Plimpton. And, oh, right. Wow. Um, Christina Hendricks, Patti Lapone. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so we went to see that and the Green Lantern premiere was happening at the cinema that I booked the tickets to. Right. At Grandma's Chinese Theatre. So I was like, Will's like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be late. I can't get there in the car. Like, there's a blockage. I was like, oh, yeah, there's some sort of premiere. Everything's green. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so funny. Um, what a, once again, another movie that kind of misses the point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, A Game of Shadows. I've never seen any of the I watched both Sherlock of those films. and I did not enjoy either of them. Uh, Sucker Punch. Oh, wow. Yeah, which uh, I, I was really into that trailer. I thought this was going to be some fun high fantasy and it just kind of no. didn't work. And it's, it, it's, yeah. Also, it's really problematic in what, yeah. like the way they have their weird little fantasies. You're like, yeah. oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was going to be something quite different. Like, are, what, There's a scene where Amy Adams is slithering around in a bath mm. as Lois Lane in Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of... Yeah. Um, and I was like, is she auditioning for Sucker Punch 2? Like, yeah, what is maybe. going on in this bath? Yeah, maybe, maybe she was. <laughs> and then out of all the films that I've mentioned, the one that inspired a, a cinema goer to try to sue it, mm. Drive. Oh, really? Yeah, because there wasn't enough driving. I really enjoyed Drive. No, yeah, a woman went and uh, it's, it was a big story because she thought it was going to be like Fast Five. Drive, oh, yeah. there's going to be heaps of driving and then that movie doesn't finish with any driving and she no. was furious. Uh, <laughs> segment, all-star all star guest stars. We have Simon Pegg, Jeremy yes. Renner, Paula Patton, Leah Sado, Josh Holloway, Michael Ninquist, Anil Kapoor, uh, Michelle Monaghan, Ving Rhames and Tom Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. So, segment, cruising around the mission, movies... Uh, Tom Cruise made before and after, which is getting to you saying that he's a bit he on the nose at very this point. On the nose at this point. So, 2008, you get Tropic Thunder and Valkyrie. So, he's he's hit, he's kind of back in the Zeke guys with Tropic yeah. Thunder. Uh, 2010, Night and Day. Which I enjoyed because it was exactly what it said on the box. Yeah. I've never seen that one. It's very silly. But then you get, you get this in 2011. Mm-hmm. 
which he follows up with. Do you know what he follows up with? No. Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. Which, again, is a solid movie, but he's just not Jack Reacher. And Rock of Ages. Oh, that's right. He made a musical. And then he makes... (laughs) And then he makes Oblivion, which is... I, which, quite, I love Oblivion. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you, it's one of those annoying things that you can't... Like, if, no one's, if someone hasn't seen it, I feel like I'm spoiling it. But he's the perfect actor to play that character. Yes. Like, not in the way it is in the beginning, yeah. but who that character is at the end of the film. You're like, oh, what a great choice. Yeah. But it seems weird at the start of the film. You're like, why is Tom Cruise playing this character? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Edge of like, Tomorrow. I feel like Brad Pitt would have been much better in that role. In Oblivion? Yeah. I feel that way about a lot of you, things yeah, with, you love with Brad, Brad. I love Brad. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you can you can feel <laughs> have feelings for Clint that have waned, but Brad, you're like, no, no, I'm sticking by him. Well, you know, <laughs> until Karina Longworth does a, uh, a full expose on it. <laughs> Not, uh, I'm not going to get caught up in the gossip rags. We pick and choose, it's not my friend. Gossip. It was like it was a divorce file me finally. Like I like. Did you see it? <laughs> I did not see it. it was I didn't see it either. Jet. So why are you? <laughs> it's on a private chat with kids. <laughs> so the story goes. There's a lot of those kids. There's a lot more witnesses than. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but of, you don't like kids, so why are you suddenly of, on kids' There's a side? lot of jolly pits. They're all adults now. I feel like I've lived with them all my life. I talked about those kids for a long time <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> um, just just looking at this, I wonder if he does if he does Tropic Thunder. Like, I know you can't pick these things. No. But if he kind of had done... Like, if Tropic Thunder and Edge of Tomorrow came out the same year, because mm. he's kind of making fun of himself in Edge of Tomorrow as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I love Edge of Tomorrow, but it's just got... It, it, it's got like four different titles and none of them work. Yeah. The the original title is also hilarious, which mm. is All You Need Is Kill. What a stupid yeah. title. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's a great concept. It's very... Live, Die, Repeat is one of them. Yeah, as it's well. what they said, like tagline slash yeah. subtitle. Um, yeah. And I think Emily Blunt's great in that. She steals a lot more of that movie than he does. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into this. Uh, the movie begins with a real give and take. Mm-hmm. You give us Sawyer from Lost, being oh, everything yeah. you want Sawyer to be, yes. and then you take Sawyer away from us. And I know this franchise <laughs> loves to do this, but wouldn't you have liked to have seen more Josh Holloway in the film? I feel like, I don't know, I would have, I, if they're going to do this, like give us more people that you off early in the film. Like, give us, like, a, a full... You know how the first one you get, like, an entire team, yeah, entire team. of big names? Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is great. It's not just Tom Cruise. It's like, oh, no, they're all dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, don't just give us dead Sawyer. Like, give us a whole a whole crew. What, what, how good would it have been is if it started and the, um, the IMF crew for this... Um, mm. So... Keep Paula Patton, so you've got some, mm. uh, you know, consistency. But imagine if it's like Hurley and <laughs> Kate, all from Lost. And they're, they're <laughs> Hurley's the one on the computer, yes. you know, and you just wipe out a whole lot of the cast of Lost. <laughs> I mean, it was a bad robot production, so it wouldn't have been hard. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, but also, like, what happened to our 
fun crew from the last one. Where, where did Jonathan Rhys Myers and Maggie Q go? Like, oh, mate, they're just they're just yeah, it's weird. The scrap heap. And you know what? I thought they were good. They were great. I mean, Maggie Q, I think probably would have done a better job than Paula Patton with uh, this script. We will, <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> we will. She looks the part. She looks amazing. Yeah, and she's good in the fight scene. Yeah. So let's um. <laughs> <laughs> so IMF now needs Anyway, I would like to have had a bit more Josh Holloway uh, Yeah Yeah, because I like him Yeah uh, He looked good too He yeah. looked good on the big screen um, IMF now needs Ethan Hunt Who is in a Moscow prison For reasons that aren't clear at this point mm-hmm. Benji and the IMF crew begin to extract Ethan But he has other ideas uh, Is this the moment that Mission Impossible begins to be more fun? Like it, because it, yeah. it's such a um, deciding he's going to take an asset with him in the character Bogdan uh, brings a little of the peg humor, yeah, to to the scene as well. Like I just like it, also also the Tom humor. Like yeah. Tom's like, no, I'm doing this. I'm fine. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm Tom Cruise. I can do this. Like- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him getting shitty. Him kind of tapping his foot. Yeah, like, yeah. Ethan feels more Tom Cruise than ever, doesn't yes. he? Yes. And and this is like you know when they try to make him look like he's having fun at at that table where everyone's laughing and he's laughing he doesn't really know what he's laughing at oh yeah he's like a comedian who yeah. laughs at setups that yeah. aren't uh, <laughs> jokes anyway oh, <laughs> and the um and the scene in the party where he's trying to look like a human and it's yeah. like this is the human I believe in Tom Cruise yeah. like I'm like yes he's in the middle of something like dangerous and terrible and there's prisoners flying everywhere and he could yeah. die and he's like and he's like come on I yeah. can do this yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a touch of the uh, Indiana Jones when he comes up against big guys and he's yeah. trying to get, like it's a little bit more slapstick as well, mm-hmm. which is like it, this. This is the first time in all the films that I like. I've enjoyed all of them, mm. but it's kind of funny yeah. as well as being exciting. And yeah, he always feels behind the eight ball, but this one he feels like he's just in front. Like yeah, only a millisecond. Yeah, but he's just in front. He's like he's. He's got his chess game down now. Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, I love that he's doing the Steve McQueen and the Great Escape with just a rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, what he's doing with that rock is impossible. I know. <laughs> but it's really, it's really entertaining. Um, yeah, the, the, the Bogdan is a good character because he's so yeah. about everything that's happening. Wacky so that's Russian. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Benji is now in the field and couldn't be more excited. Do you think this dynamic works? Because in real life, Peg is actually crazy excited to be doing action scenes along crews. Like, they're they're not acting. No. He is a little bit calmed down and he is a little bit, oh, yeah, I'm next to Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hunt. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, you know, it is that kind of thing where Benji has hero worship for Ethan. So, it's fine for Peg to tap into hero worship for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, that's... That's easily done. Yeah. It's really funny. Also, Tom Cruise is the boss. He's the producer. Yeah. So, you <laughs> get in line, mate. Yeah. Do what you're told. Do what you're told and guess what you'll be in all the other films. Yeah. Are these two films coming up the, the finales? Well, they because they, that's how they're talking about well, them. The, the, this one was meant to be the finale. Yeah, well, well, this is meant to be the handover. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. Just... Uh, Pump in a bit more testosterone. He'll be fine. Get some roids into you. He'll be doing it when he's 100. They'll they'll do, you know, 
the Dark Ethan returns at some point where he's like a crusty old man. Oh, yeah. Comes back. Like, I've got to do one more case. <laughs> Until I see him literally uh, on a missile that he's having to defuse while it's flying through the air. <laughs> that he actually does in real life. I, I think I've said this before. You would not want to work on that, sh- on oh, these man, movies no. and make these suggestions as jokes. No. Because he'll do it. Oh, man. And you'll be like, no, that's not safe. He goes, well, I'll find someone who says it is safe. Yeah. That's his, like, that is a terrifying way to live. His <laughs> modus operandi. Yeah. <laughs> um, the assassin that murdered Sawyer is Sabine Moreau, and now uh, she is now has Russian nuclear launch codes. Oh, she is no. going to sell to the main bad guy, Cobalt. Is there anything better than stopping nuclear Armageddon for these types of movies? Oh, well, that's, you know, that's your number one aim, really. It's just, like, I don't know why they, like, they could just all be about that. Yeah, like, we don't need a rabbit's foot that we don't know what it does. Right. We, we need nuclear launch codes. We don't need a, a, a virus that we can't see. Oh, don't even. Yeah. In a, in a giant gun needle. Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... The syringe doesn't look threatening enough. Make it look like a gun. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, no, there, there feels, uh, once again, it feels maybe this is why you were thinking of, like, uh, yeah. the Bond films as well, because it does feel more well, Bondish. They, they start in Russia. Yeah. Like, and we've kind of avoided Russia for a long time because we've been in, you know, post-Soviet yeah. times. But now we're getting into crazy oligarch territory, Yeah, you know, insane corruption, everything's gone horribly wrong. So it's like... Oh, yeah, no, we can believe in Russia again. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thank you, oligarchs. You, you made the world more terrifying and movies more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Russian oligarchs, they give and they take all with the same hand. Yeah. Um, the IMF infiltrate the Kremlin to get the information they need, but Cobalt blows their cover and then blows up most of the Kremlin. Oh, my God. With the blame falling on Ethan. Uh, this is a great scene with a lot of spy technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favourite part of this? I love um, Benji accidentally putting his giant head in the projection. Mate, it is the funniest. It's so funny. And also, once again, feels like the Peg Cruise dynamic. Yeah. Peg goes, well, what does this do? Like, Get down. <laughs> Um, I also love the that this causes, you know, it's one of those things that I find increasingly difficult to believe in these movies is that why do they keep hiring him back if he keeps being disavowed? Whereas right. in this one, it's like, oh, no, no, the entire organization has been disavowed disavowed because yeah. it because of this giant explosion at yeah. the Kremlin and they they seem to be involved. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Yeah, that's Instead of it being just Ethan is the bad guy. Yeah. Because it's like, why do they, A, why do they keep believing he's the bad guy? Yeah, they turn quickly. It's yeah. like, you know what? I've been in a relationship like this. <laughs> <laughs> why do you believe I'm cheating every time I leave the house for 20 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> I literally went to the shops. I did not root anyone at the shops. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the toilet taking a crap. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, it's. <laughs> And, but you just wouldn't hire that person back again, like if you didn't believe them, or you, or you maybe after the first couple of times believe them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favourite things about these movies mm. is that they have this amazing technology that always slightly doesn't work properly. Yeah. Like the phone doesn't blow up properly, so he has to go and yeah, he's got to whack it. Yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> the uh, you know the screen 
you know, is so good. And then as soon as one other person turns up, it's like the perspective starts changing. So that was funny. Um, Big shout out from me, though, to the drip gun. The drip gun. You know, when he's making the drip noise. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so like, I was like, why are they like, as if that guy would get up and look for like to fix a drip. Yeah, I know. He's, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to call plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... Anyway, I'm, 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 I'm up for the drip gun. The drip gun. I haven't been this excited since uh, Ethan put a floppy disk in his mouth in oh, the first man. movie. <laughs> still, you know, the floppy disk, in my opinion, is still battling Michelle Monaghan for the best relationship he's had in the film. Uh, Ethan must escape from SVR agent Sidorov and finds himself on the ledge of the hospital with no real idea how to escape. Is there a slight shift in Ethan in this movie where he's a little bit more Harrison Ford slash Bruce Willis? Like, because he's, he's on the ledge, the guy's coming out, and he's, oh, I haven't really thought this through. Yeah. You know, like, normally he's the man with the plan, and this yeah. time he's a little bit more, uh, I'll find a plan, yeah. but I'm kind of improvising here. <laughs> also, there's something about this escape from... The Kremlin that makes that reminds me of um, the firstborn when he's trying to get out of the oh yeah the embassy like, yeah like it's just you know all the because you know I've seen so many of these kinds of films they start to all blur together yeah um, but yeah it's it is a kind of charming moment when he's like oh, I could just jump on that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, once again more humor yeah in in Ethan. Um, it's funny what you say about all these films because the the color palette is also extremely similar. Mm. And the reason I'm thinking about that is uh, Ben and I are going to record about the movie Her, right? And uh, they deliberately because it was set in the future. Mm. Um, the cinematographer who did Tenet, I can't Hoyt Van. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Halpen, um, deliberately took. The very specific blue that's in dystopian, mm-hmm. he took it out wherever he could, yeah. and so when you watch that film, uh, like it's set in Los Angeles, but they filmed they filmed it in Shanghai, so yeah. that gives it that a, a, a different kind of futuristic yeah. palette. But yeah. also the colors are all quite different to any other film, which mm. makes it really stand out. But the reason I think of that is, yeah, suddenly the colors of born in that scene yeah. are almost interchangeable as well yeah yeah uh ethan meets up with the imf secretary and his analyst william brand who explains that cobalt has stolen a russian launch control device and now that ethan is blamed for going rogue the president Uh. has initiated ghost protocol oh not not ghost protocol (laughs) ghost protocol that's the worst protocol oh man (laughs) they've disavowed the imf the whole imf Ethan works out that Cobalt is Kurt Hendricks and the IMF secretary tells him that he wants him to continue the fight, but without IMF's help. Then the secretary is shot and Ethan Brandt barely make it. My oh. question for you. Like you only gave us a couple of minutes of Josh Holloway. Now you're only giving us a couple of minutes of Tom Wilkinson. I love Tom what? Wilkinson. Yeah, he's so good. I know. I just, yeah, it, it hurts me that we get, and he's the secretary of state. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, awesome. I hope he continues on to the next oh, no. <laughs> Like, Like, like what, where's Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> what, what happened to Lawrence Fishburne? I hope they're bringing all of these guys back. That In like, the last even, movie. Even just... <laughs> like, just, like they could have been murdered. 
They could have been murdered. Could have what? murdered Lawrence Fishburne, Maggie Q, and Josh Holloway all in one fell swoop. Ah, and the good-looking guy, John Jonathan Rhys Meyers. Yeah, yeah, they they could have been part of that whole crew yeah. that gets taken out at the start, which gives Ethan even more reason to. Yeah, he killed my friends that I did one mission with. This yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Give Simon Pegg a little bit more. Yes, to dig into. Uh, I'm surprised that Jeremy Renner made it out of this scene. <laughs> Well, I you know, you know it was meant to be the handover. There was there was talk that this is Renner's franchise from here on in. Yeah, there was absolutely um, thoughts on Renner. I, I think he's great. He's really good, yeah. especially because I I like the slow reveal of he's an analyst. Yeah. Oh no, you're like he's going to be like Henry Zerny, but you know, yeah, but stuck. They're stuck with him. Yeah, um, and then he. Proves himself to be very adept, and you're like, "Ooh, what's going yeah. on here?" Yeah, like it's you know, it's a well trodden path. That, like it's not where like they're doing anything well. new with it, but yeah, it's great. And he's also hilarious. Yeah, in, you know, the same as Tom Cruise in this movie, where you know, there's the moment later in the film where he's being buffeted about by Benji's <laughs> machines, and he's oh. like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I, I think Renner's, um, he can do comedy. Yeah. He can do action. And he's, he's a really soulful actor. Yeah. So giving him giving him that past with, you know, uh, uh, Ethan and his mm. wife and that is perfect. Yeah. And I, I, so I think the worst thing that happened to Jeremy Renner's career was Hawkeye. Yeah. It made him seem like a constant second stringer. Although I feel like this is the start of that. Like right. this film is the is the one that makes you go, you know they they're like oh he's going to take over this franchise mm. and he never quite shines brighter than Tom mm. and same with Born Legacy then they get him to do yeah which, to be the next Born and he's which, never quite which I, as bright as Damon yeah but and also that film it the, the ending is just a, a fizzer yeah like the ending finishes in a way like it's like I. I've only ever seen that movie once, but I remember really enjoying it. And then, and then, like he's just on a motorbike and it falls over, and then they're in the yeah on a on a boat, and it's like oh, that that's like it. It was also kind of too definitive an ending for his character. Yeah. Like, like it feels like anyway they could they could have left him in some sort of peril, and then they could have brought Jason Bourne back anyway. But yeah. but see, the other thing is is that. You know, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but uh, that years ago when Will interviewed Joss Whedon, yeah. and that was before Avengers came out, yeah, and we all went out to lunch, and we were, and I got along really well with him. Mm. <laughs> um, I've turned on him as well, Joss Whedon, yeah, and and Clint Eastwood, but I'm fine with Brad. <laughs> but the um. <laughs> But he, so yeah. he would have been in. So he was in pre-production for Avengers, and he would have been in Thor. Uh, Renner, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. But I was talking to Joss Whedon about. No, about no, but I'm I'm just saying, like at the time this movie came out, that's the same year as yeah. Thor came yeah. out. So he would have been. He's in that already cameo. playing, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and you know, so because of the the comic book history, mm. Whedon and I were bouncing yeah. a lot. To the extent that Will was getting pissed off that he was being left out of the conversation, <laughs> must have killed him. Anyway, the um, <laughs> but the the moment I knew Hawkeye was in trouble when I said, "Oh, Hawkeye's yeah, yeah, Han Solo." He said, "No, no, no, Iron Man's a Han Solo." Oh, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, well then, what's Hawkeye?" 
Yeah. Because I don't know what Hawkeye... Like, Hawkeye in the comics is... He's the wisecracking fun one. Yeah, questioning, like he's calling Cap old man. Yeah. He's he's, t- he's pulling the piss out of Iron Man for being, a, you know, a rich arsehole. Yeah. You know, and he, and he thinks he's the best on the team, even though he's... He just the, shoots bows and arrows. Bows and arrows, <laughs> right? And he thinks he should be the leader and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and he's... Um, and also, I, I think Hawkeye, the character of Hawkeye, like, I, I don't like the... Ultimates version of Hawkeye as much. No. I, I like the Hawkeye in the the main comics uh, back yeah. in the day because, like, he's fucking dating everybody. He's dating yeah. Spider Woman. He's dating Black Widow. He's you know dating I, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> you know Mockingbird. Yeah, he's got uh, you know like there's been. I think Matt Fraction's run. There's a point where all four turn up, and he's a bit like, oh, "Oh no!" But you know, he should be he should be more Bruce Willis as well. He should be bruised yeah. and cut. And um, anyway, I thought I also think the Hawkeye TV series gets short shrift. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, like, I, don't think I think hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was, it came on the back of some very disappointing shows. So why would anyone try again? Yeah, and I also just think people, because they've all been built up to be world-ending stories, yeah. that a series that was essentially just fun, yeah, people didn't know what to do with. Well, they thought it was less. Yeah. I was like, no, no, it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm tired of the giant stakes. Yeah, um, so did you I. know that the musical that they go and see in Hawkeye yeah. is becoming an actual musical? Is it really? Well, not a full-length one, but just like one you can go and see at Disneyland. Funny. Why not? <laughs> it's a really funny ending. Um, but you know, like Renner, you know, once again, Renner's underrated in that, like, yeah. cause he finally gets stuff to do. And, uh, um, but I think that's the thing. I think he's a great character actor that they keep trying to shoehorn into leading roles. Mm. And it's, you know, it's the Brad Pitt problem where Pitt is a great character actor, but he looks like a leading man. Yeah. Gosling has the same problem as well. Like yeah. there's, Yeah. You you need to there needs to be something you need to still be playing the same character every time. Like this is why Tom Cruise is such a leading man. He very rarely plays anyone other than Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. And he's true. great at that character. Yeah. But you know, he's not stupid enough to try and play too many different characters. No. Because he knows. Yeah. Whereas like leading, you know, kind of like lead characters in big kind of franchises need to kind of be an every man. Yeah. Um the um the other film, if uh, if anyone's a Jeremy Renner fan and would like to see him 
be great in something that they mm. might not have seen. Uh, Wind River mm. is the Taylor Sheridan film. Uh, he's a wildlife officer who is haunted by a tragedy that happened because of him and he teams up with an FBI agent in solving a murder. Uh, that, that actually doesn't quite sell the film. See, but it's him and Elizabeth Olsen and they are... Great together. See, don't make me watch that because then I'll have to watch all of Yellowstone or something. You don't have to. No, no, it, it doesn't tie into Yellowstone. No, I, no, it doesn't tie in. But once I enjoy something that someone's done, I'll go, what else have they done? I'll have a look at that. No, well, we, you know what? I've done really well at avoiding all of that because I, I really loved uh, Hell or High Water. Yeah. And I think that's Chris Pine's best performance and yeah. my favourite Jeff Bridges performance in recent years. Mm. And uh, Sicario. Yeah. But I have managed to hold off. Managed to hold off on Yellowstone. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy Renner's great in this. Um, and is he, he going to be in Yellowstone soon? Like a Yellowstone spin-off? He feels like he's primed. No, you know what's <laughs> happening. So, have uh, like, I, I just know this through uh, one of the podcasts mm. I listen to. Um, uh, Kevin Costner's chucked a hissy fit, as yeah, yeah, yeah. Costner is known to. They're winding up Yellowstone now. Yeah, so you know it's gonna there's going to be a new version of it. Like, yeah, with McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. See, that's fucking kryptonite. <laughs> now you're going to have to watch them all from the beginning. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so did you see that thing that McConaughey did where I was watching John Oliver and the, he did like a five-hour live thing online where it was him almost like a preacher man talking about how no. to take hold of your life and they showed snippets of it. And he is insane. Yeah. But I still love him. Yeah. That's why he was so good as the, you know, the future version of himself in um, True Detective because you're like, oh, man, I think that's actually you having a conversation. Oh, I yeah. think they've just rolled and not, there's been no script and you've just gone off on one. Uh, like, <laughs> like I'd love to see those scripts and then if you... Well, because, you know, like, uh, not to quote myself, but, you know, we get True Detective at the start yeah. of the year and we get Interstellar at the end. Yeah. So he must have been filming them around the same time yeah. and the one explains the science of the other. <laughs> so if he just started banging on about time being a flat circle and they were like... Just keep rolling. Just keep Just rolling. Just keep rolling. He's trying to explain his other script to himself that he doesn't quite understand. Yeah. And then <laughs> it'd be funny to read those true detective scripts and it's just it's just McConaughey. All he's meant to say is, I want to know who killed who. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway. It's just says, uh, character, yeah. character goes on a bit about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just record and, uh, and, and make sure you... Cut it up so it makes some sort of sense. Um, the IMF team come up with a plan to infiltrate uh, the two me- the two meetings and steal the launch device and the oh, codes. In, at the Burj Khalifa, at the world's the, yes. biggest building. It is. Uh, of course, nothing works out properly, so Ethan has to scale the tower to make sure they Ow. can use the computers. Like, that was the most ludicrous thing in the world, and I loved it. <laughs> so, my question for you is, is this the moment that he finally becomes clinically insane? <laughs> Look, uh, no, I think he was well on the way to there already. I think so too. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's like amazing. It, it, well, it's funny because, like, you know, there's other films. Yeah, but I like watching it on this fucking massive TV. I still feel anxious watching yeah, it, especially when one of the gloves doesn't work. Oh, it's terrifying. And yeah. I just like, yeah, I know we have a technology section later, but those gloves, I'm like. Surely the batteries for those gloves needed to go in a backpack. Like, they don't just fit in the glove. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, they're holding up Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> All that muscle. I, mean, I, don't feel, I don't feel like they're strong enough. Oh, mate. It's so funny. And also, like, like the whole scene is exciting. Yeah. Uh, 
it's um, it's all explained to you properly, like yeah. why they need to do it, how it needs to happen, so that when it happens, you're like, great, I'm really into this. Yeah, uh, like that he doesn't want to do it is yeah. great. He, he thinks it's a stupid idea, but yeah. they're like, well, that's the only way to go. The, the, like, the way he. The way uh, Benji is really matter-of-fact about it because he just figures Ethan can do anything yes. is very funny. <laughs> um, the, the moment when he realises that he's too far away and I think Brant sort of says, it's too short. <laughs> and Ethan's <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. You know? <laughs> also, uh, classic, uh, how many concussions does Ethan have oh, get in this? Because it, the, the, there's at least two where he, he swings in and he smashes his head and oh, they have yeah. to catch him and... Then he gets one on the tr- one of the cars, and anyway, <laughs> he's you know I, fi- I figure his head is made of you know it, he's got several steel plates in there already, mate. There's there's American footballers who look at these movies and go that guy has taken too much yeah. damage, <laughs> but maybe that explains why he's prepared to climb out the window. There's like he's had a couple of concussions. He'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> he, he thinks it's not as high as it is. <laughs> yeah, he, he thinks it's only three stories up. <laughs> Do you reckon if he had his time over, he'd insist J.J. Abrams did fire a missile near him to blow him into the side of a truck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just look back on that movie and we just missed an opportunity. Oh, man. <laughs> um, of course, everything goes pear-shaped and we have two different fight scenes, uh, which are all great. Uh, yeah. And then see uh, some crews running as he chases after Hendrix in a dust storm. Unfortunately, he gets away with the device and the launch codes. Uh, what's your favourite part of the action here? Um, I think when uh, Paula Patton kicks Leia Sadu out the window. <laughs> uh, so, I was about to say, I think, I think their action scene's really good. Yeah. And I think she's... Um, I I, I I think her acting is not great. Oh, but her- I do not believe that she's in the slightest bit upset about Sawyer being dead. I was more upset. I was more upset. <laughs> she was meant to marry him. <laughs> yeah. I, she's like, you know, maybe if we got a supercut of her getting nine concussions and like, like Ethan, you go, yeah, no, it makes sense. But she's very good in the fight scenes. Yeah, great in the fight scene. But the rest of the time just seems to be really aware of what her angles are. Yeah. And do I look good in this shot? Am I there? She does look good. Oh, she's stunning. But, you know. And oh, it's not that she's a terrible actor. Like, she's impressive and she's great. It, it's, but there's, you know, there's, it, this is an action film. Yeah. You don't, you quite clearly don't have the run up of emotional beats to yeah. be able to hit things. You have to just kind of come in and. Also, where, you know, like, I guess Lee Daniels is an amazing director. He's pulling some incredible performance. He pulls a great performance out of Mariah Carey mm. in Precious. Um, whereas Brad Bird directs animation. Yeah. And maybe just wasn't, you know, wasn't the kind of hand she needed. Yeah. In kind of shaping that performance. I mean, just looking at the career she's had since then, you're kind of like, oh, well, maybe a lot of people saw that there was not much going on there. Right. I mean, I, <laughs> one of my favourite Paula Patton moments is um, when she was talking about, uh, you know, she was married to Robin Thicke for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he seems like he was a good guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, I saw her interviewed on some special about Meghan Markle because Meghan Markle worked at the print place where Paula Patton and Robin Thicke got their wedding invitations done. Oh, right. And she's like, oh, she, I just always thought she had a great handwriting like because her calligraphy was beautiful and her wedding invitations. I thought, she's destined to be royal. I went, no, you never thought that. <laughs> That's, 
you probably barely never, you probably barely noticed her. You found out like in later on that she'd written your cards maybe, and been, ma- oh yeah, maybe she was being funny and she's just not a very good actor. Yeah, I just it was very strange. <laughs> So this this is where like if you just kept Maggie Q, then she's got to oh. run up in uh, yeah. in the character, and she could have had the fight scene. Yeah, she would have been great. Yeah, anyway. I would have. I would have believed she was getting married to Sawyer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd believe anyone was marrying Sawyer. He's a handsome looking dude. Yeah. Um, I love the du- dust storm. I think the dust, the storm, dust storm is, is inspired great. because because yeah. it's also in a lesser director's hands. It's just a mess. It's, yeah, it's, it's the um, it's. One of those scenes at nighttime in Game of Thrones, but yeah. you, you follow all the action, yeah, really well, yeah. It's and also because we've just had some very clear high shots of a giant building, yeah, and everything's been very crisp and yeah, it's all there on the screen. So it's it's actually a nice contrast to what we've just had, yeah, to get this kind of muddy, messy, yeah. chase sequence that everything's a bit confusing, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's. I enjoyed the dust storm. It's the one thing I remember. I remember the dust storm from this film more than jumping out of the window of the giant building. Yeah, yeah, Weirdly. interesting. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, dust storm's great. Hendrix has a mask, fantastic, great, and um, Renner and Cruz, great together. Yeah, just great. Uh, Hendrix is buying an obsolete Soviet military satellite from an Indian billionaire tycoon, so the IMF team must stop him. Ethan catches up with his prison pal, Bogdan, who introduces him to an arms dealer called The Fog. The Fog. The Fog. (laughs) Now everything is set in place for the finale. Would you watch a Rosencrantz and Gilderstern version of the film that focuses on Bogan and The Fog? Yes. Yes, so would I. I was really into The Fog. He only gets two scenes. I was like, what have I seen him in before? I like him. Yeah. And Bogan, like, what, what, like he gets, what, like two scenes, kind of? Yeah. And um, he's great as well. So, imagine, like, a like I'd watch a spin-off TV series where they, they end up in heaps of, like, really highfalutin situations. Yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. just grifting along, making their money. The Foghead gave me a kind of, like, Pete Postlethwaite vibe. Like, you just oh, go, yeah. oh, yeah, you're, you're, like, usually best on ground in a movie where everyone's kind of ordinary. Right. But here he's in a film with a lot of great people. So, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I'm the I'm fog. A Tom Cruise movie, mate. <laughs> I am the fog. <laughs> um, it's a big finale. Oh, it's good. Huge. It's really good. Um, so we have Ethan fighting Hendrix around falling cars. The IMF team fighting the rest of the bad guys while they fix the station so they can stop the satellite that will launch the missile, mm-hmm. which they fail to stop. So the missile launches. But Ethan gets a launch device that, and has to disable the missile seconds before detonation. And Sidorov, uh, arriving to arrest Ethan, discovers that Ethan was the one giving him clues to track him to pro- prove that they were innocent yes. of the Kremlin bombing. There's a lot going on. What yeah. is the highlight? The highlight for me is Jeremy Renner in a mesh suit, floating. It's really... <laughs> it's good. <laughs> floating amongst some components in a hot, like, a hot server room. Like getting burnt. <laughs> like he's getting burnt. Ow. He's um, also... Uh, so... He, there's heaps of jokes yeah, all the way through this. Funny. And and it's all It's uh, wildly entertaining all the way through. Yes. And it's not it's not that Marvel smarmy joke. Mm. It's like like I I really enjoy the Uranus joke. And I love <laughs> I love Benji going, Oh Uranus jokes, here we go. And also, once again, Renner 
you know, next time I get to seduce the rich guy, yeah. you know, um, so he doesn't have to go through yeah. that. <laughs> the cars are great. I don't know why I remembered uh, the car. That, being it's, it's not an, as good. Yeah, it's 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 a, like you're like, what, what, how does this car thing work? I love it, but it's weird. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't know why I, I was a bit down on it. So as I was watching it again, I was like. You, I just remembered it incorrectly, I think. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe because 3 is kind of dark and it's a bit doer and it's and it feels like, you know, oh, the stakes are really high and everything's bad. And it's like, you're mm. like, I actually don't want that from these movies. Right. And this one is like, no, let's be fun. Yeah. Let's just be a big action movie. The missile launching is great. Yeah. And the missile being disabled and just kind of and falling into like the harbour. And banging onto a building. Yeah. <laughs> Like, drops into the bay in San Jesus Francisco. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ving Rames goes and picks it up. Ving Rames. Yeah. Just let's have him back for a brief moment. Yeah. I, I, I miss <laughs> Ving Rames in this as well. Yeah. I, although, you know, I feel like they did everything they were going to do with his character. And basically yeah. replacing him with Benji is, yeah. is kind of... Also, because Benji was working, you know, I guess part of it is like Benji was working with... Uh, Paula Patton mm. and uh, Josh Holloway. Yeah. And so Tom's just sort of like glommed onto them. Like yeah. they're not his real team. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of get why the others aren't in it for that reason. Yeah. But, but still. Yeah. It's good to have Ving Rhames back. But like yeah. I, I was pretty wrapped because I'd forgotten that he turned up as well. Yeah. So when he turned up, I was like, oh, excellent. Um in the end, Ethan assembles the team for a new mission given to him by Luther. Brant confesses he didn't save Ethan's wife, but it was a ploy all along for uh-huh. Ethan to infiltrate the prison and get bogged down and also give his wife a new identity so she'd be safe. Everyone is friends again Yay. and go off on a new mission. Ethan sees uh, Julia from a distance. They acknowledge each other and then Ethan disappears into the fog. Not the fog. Not the fog. A just, different fog. Uh, <laughs> not a capital fog. letter. <laughs> no, casting no aspersions on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> really? Yes, he listens to a debrief about uh, an emerging terrorist network known as the Syndicate. Oh, the Syndicate. Uh Good ending, right? Yeah, it's fun. I, I felt pretty exhausted, but happy exhausted yeah. by the end of it. Um, also, um, it's interesting for a character that is essentially pretty boring mm. and, in, in you know, like, he's the centre of the action in the first yeah. films. But by this film, Ethan suddenly gets a little bit of mystery yeah. to him. So, there's a bit of mystery... Why is he in that prison? What's been going on? Yeah. You know, all the way through. And then him disappearing into the night, you know, just yeah, just adds a little bit of something to him. Yeah, you get like a, I'm, I'm a proper secret agent now instead yeah. of I'm... Tom Cruise yeah, I'm running Tom around. Cruise in a singlet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- this to me feels like... Um, it, it's funny, it's, it's like they're very lucky in a way that they got... A few movies to work themselves yeah, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, it, it could have been a one and done, even though it was a success. Yeah. Uh, the second one, that that could have been the end of it. The third one did really poorly at the box office, and then this film is the one where it feels like, hey, we we've been really close, yeah. And now, this is how it works, yeah. And and it's great, yeah. I also like that they've tried different directors each time, and really. Yeah. 
interesting directors. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's always worked. Like, I don't know that John Woo was a great fit. Right. Um, but it's certainly a spectacular film, yep. even though it's, you know, a mess. Yeah. Um, J.J. Abrams, Abrams, like, you know. Well, he brings something to it. Yeah. And Brad Bird, like, yeah. you know, not directed live action before, really. Yeah. And this is, you know, after huge films, realistically, like the, the Iron Giant and The Incredibles feel like big films. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I also love, um, I think it's got a great score. I think Giacchino does a great job. Yep. Uh, with his choices of when to bring in the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah. Like, that's a... Because, you know, it's got to turn up at some point. Yeah. But when it happens, is always you're like, yeah, I don't know if he is the right spot. Right, right. <laughs> Which has happened in the past. But this is like... Yeah, I feel like the the choices are really spot on. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, a few more segments to go through. Mm. Segment who and how? Which character do you think you would be and how would you react in their place? Um, I definitely would be Benji. Um, yeah. A you bit know. too excited? No, well, not just that. I'd be like, oh, I want, I want more pay. I want more pay. I did not realise that there was this much work involved and now I wish I'd stay back where I was earning mediocre bucks for a mediocre job because this is, this is far too stressful and I need my work-life balance back. <laughs> right. That is that is me to a T. Like I yeah. constantly like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I actually had to do it. Right. <laughs> Feels like you were talking about 10 years of breakfast radio. Oh, why didn't I just go back just to doing Tuesdays and Thursdays? Everything I've ever done. I've right. gone like, I want, I want to do the next thing. I want to, I want to level up. And then you're like, oh, life isn't a video game. I was happy at that level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I decided I'd be the drip gun. The drip gun? Yep. Kind of useless, but ultimately work better than most things in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the segment, uh, Zero Charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... The, the Jane Carter character just doesn't get enough to do other than be sad and fighting. Paula Patton is... Oh, does she, she have a... Does her character have a name? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, well, so can I say, uh, so in my notes here, in the script, I've written Jane Carter and for a brief moment as before, while you were talking, as I was about to read it out, I was like, who the fuck is Jane Carter? That's Paula Patton. <laughs> Paula Patton, yeah. What, I, I said I don't even remember their characters' names, um, but I had Paula Patton, like like I said, great and precious, uh, but that's the only time I think I've enjoyed one of her performances. I think right. she's... Yeah, I just don't think she's any very good. Like, you didn't like stunning. her with tusks in um, in Warcraft. Warhammer, War, well, Warcraft, yeah. I did not enjoy anything in Warcraft. I don't think. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, like I feel like yeah, I'll, often she knew she looked good, right. and it's like I'm in a spy movie. I better do the spy stance. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is really strange. Yeah. Um, I also didn't think Nyquist was that great. Like, yeah. I, he's great in the Dragon Tattoo movies. Yeah. Like, he's amazing in John Wick. Like, yeah. really menacing, that quiet menace. Yeah. And here I just felt like, meh. Yeah. Like, I was like... That's a good point, yeah. Who are you Who are you going up against? Just some guy with a suitcase. Yeah. Like, he, there was just no... Maybe, maybe that's why I didn't quite, you know, remember the cars falling down yeah. enough. Because he's, you know... Maybe that's heaps more exciting. Like, this isn't the right... Actor, character-wise, but just yeah. for a fight like Dave Bautista. Yeah. You know, 
like crew. I, I want to see Cruz up against someone who's a bit bigger and a bit stronger. Yeah. And it, it, like I know Cruz is going to win, so therefore I'm. How, how's he going to win? Yeah, like you really buy into Dugray Scott as a as a bad guy. Mm. You're like, oh yeah, mm. yeah, I want to see this guy go down. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's awful. Yeah, um, and also Philip Seymour Hoffman, like in the last film, you're yeah, like, that's oh strange. yeah, there's. There's like a, a battle of wills. It's yeah. Tom Cruise versus Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I just felt like there was no battle of wills here. Like I was just like... We, we should have swapped them. Yeah. Seymour Hoffman should have been... Well, I have... For our next segment, I have a, I have a choice for who should be the bad guy. <laughs> oh, okay. So segment better or worse, ruin or improve the movie with mm. one decision. So I've got, I've got someone mm. uh, for a different character. But you, do you want to go first? Uh, all right. So instead of the man from the Dragon Tattoo movies, what if Numi Rapace is the main bad person in this? What if she oh. is getting the codes? What if she is running around in that? Yeah, uh, right. Like with the cars falling. Like, yeah. she's just so unpredictable as an actor. Like, yeah. she's just like, you never know where you are with her. You're always unsettled. Like, I think she's just a great performer. Like, yeah. Much better choice if you're pulling someone out of the Dragon Tattoo trilogy. Yeah, because like you want like what's the hot Swedish thing at the moment? Yeah, get her. Yeah, much better choice for this film. Yeah, like also a female protagonist. Like it's always a man. Yeah, like like I feel like you know we all know Tom Cruise's big weakness is how he has no chemistry with women. Right, like make a woman the villain. Make a woman. Like, look how great he was with Vanessa Redgrave in the yeah. first film. Like, a woman as the villain. Yeah. Like the big villain in one of these films would be absolutely perfect. Oh, that's great. Like, that's yeah. What about Charlize Theron? She would be amazing. Yeah. My other my other choice would be swap uh, Nyquist for Anil Kapoor. Like, imagine oh, that yeah, that right. level of charm yeah. and. Yeah, you know that kind of like because there was something dangerous about him being so ludicrously rich with his tray of phones. Yeah, yeah, the tray of phones was really funny. <laughs> but, so many good jokes. But yeah, like he's kind of charming and fun, and having having a charming and fun yeah villain would also like you go oh that that's someone who can take it to Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's like it's charm versus charm. Like yeah, you know oh I kind of want the bad guy to win because he's so delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um. So, if you're going to underwrite Jane Carter, who was mm. Paula Patton's character, so I was, uh, you know, when you're tired and you don't feel like watching anything, and you just, yeah. I'm just going to watch the first twenty minutes of a, I'm just going to watch something, first twenty minutes of something, yeah. Um, and uh, I rewatched the first twenty minutes of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which was oh, yeah. pretty funny, yeah, and, uh, fun. really enjoyable, and uh, and then I was like, well, if you if you're not going to do much with a character, Zoe Saldana. Uh, she is because she can she can do a lot with yeah. not much. Yeah, she's like she's my you know I reckon she's the secret to some of the biggest films ever made. Yeah, like she's just like she's she's kind of grounding. Yeah, she's a she's got a very grounding presence. Yeah, um, and yeah, like Avatar, she's great. Star Trek, she's great. Yeah, Guardians, she's great. Like she's always just like this little this linchpin of. Everyone can be crazy around her and she's just she just doesn't put up with bullshit. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, yeah, I think absolutely she you, would be perfect. You, you know who would be great but not necessarily uh, like probably a bit too old for a for a punch on scene. Mm. Oh. No, she might be the same age as Cruise. Anyway, but um Sharon Stone. Oh yeah. 
I, I still love Sharon Stone. She's great. Um, I feel like they made like you know they've got that new character that Julia Louis Dreyfus is playing in. Um, oh yeah, in the Marvel movies. Like Sharon Stone would be better. <laughs> I I feel like Julia Louis Dreyfus is is good, but then it because that character is being. I think written by a whole bunch of different people. Like she's just like no one really knows who she's meant to be. No, no. And so she's one week she's menacing, the next week are they like, oh, it's Julia Louis Trophis. That's writer is hilarious. Yeah. And it's like, well, can she have some consistency from yeah. film to film? Yeah. Nick Fury was consistent. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because everyone knew who Samuel L. Jackson's character was. Yeah. Whereas if you just said, oh. It's badass Elaine yeah. and everyone's on board. But because Julia Louis-Dreyfus has played so many great different characters, yeah. um, it's not like she's competent veep. Yeah. She is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I feel like, yeah, she's such a great actor yeah. that no one's really worked out what her character is yeah. in those films. And maybe, you know, when she gets a whole film of her own, it'll be better. But I also feel like they really diminished her character by... Having her be the ex-wife of Martin Freeman. Like, right. I'm like, well, this feels like you've now made her it's, comedy ex-wife. Well, yeah. It's also the um, the Star all, Wars. All my misses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also the Star Wars mistake of, you know, set in a galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. And it's like, does everyone, like, live in Fitzroy? Like, everyone yeah. seems to know each other. Everyone's down the street. Yeah. Uh, segment, Top Gun Maverick Emotional Scale. <laughs> Um, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know about you, I'm going to give it a tasty seven, mainly for the combo of what Brenna brings to the table and Holloway getting taken out too easily, mm-hmm. like Wilkinson getting taken out too easily. Yeah. I'm just kind of bummed. For, so that, that, feel, that feels good. And also, you know, Tom being uh, kind of like having fun. Yeah. In a way that, it, like in these films, he always seems a bit desperate. Yeah. And this one, it's like... Oh no, I'm 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 kind of okay here. Yeah, like, this isn't this isn't out of my comfort zone yeah. anymore. Like when he's hanging with one glove from yeah. the side of that building, he's still and that is a desperate scene. Yeah, he's still really funny. Yeah, because he's like, Ugh. yeah, bloody gloves got on the blink. Yeah, <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> uh, segment for Vanilla Sky Sexual Chemistry Award. Oh no, upper tier once again, and uh, I'm just going to give it for the look on Monaghan's face at the end. Yeah. I think the floppy disk from the first movie is officially on notice because of Monaghan as <laughs> being the great big love of Tom's life in this uh, run of films. Also, just not like, I mean, because they knew they had this scene in their back pocket, mm. they haven't tried to force him into anything with Paula Patton's character yeah. or with Leia Seydoux's character. Yeah. Like, there's just like, no, we don't have to, you yeah. know, he can be completely sexless in this movie. Which is and great. And that's fine. Yes. I prefer it. Yeah. Um, also, he's technically, you know, we find out he might be mourning his dead ex-wife, but he doesn't seem that sad. Yeah. So when she turns out to be alive, we're like, oh, okay, no, good. no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's played this. This played this hand the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got some squid bits for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cruz performed the sequence outside of the Burj Khalifa Tower himself without a stunt double. The tower is the tallest building in the world at two thousand seven hundred twenty-two feet, which is eight hundred twenty-nine point eight meters. It's almost a kilometer. It's like crews dangled outside the tower at approximately 1,700 feet, which is 518 metres. There were safety cables attached, which were removed by the special effects yeah. artists in post-production. It, that, that's, what I, that's how I love special effects. Yeah. 
It's like, you know, when you see the the plane being ripped apart in The Dark Knight Rises and yeah. you see how they did it and they just take all those other bits out and great. Yeah. Uh, little goof. All the cars in the multi-level car park in India are left-hand drive, but in India cars are right-hand drive. Oh. Ruin the film. <laughs> uh, like the first Mission Impossible movie, the opening credits contain major plot points to the film. Uh, after Mission Impossible 3 underperformed and then in 2010, Night and Day also failed, Cruz's bankability was uncertain. Mm. That led to some doubt about any more Mission Impossible movies. Cruz took a pay cut to make the film, which turned out to be a great investment. Yep. He's very smart. He's a very smart man. Uh, William Brandt and Renner in particular were introduced as a new character to eventually take over from Ethan. This is pre-Avengers and also would be attempted again with the Bourne Legacy, which we've already talked about. Yep. Uh, when I was reading about this, someone cruelly referred to the Bourne Legacy as the Bourne Lazenby, oh. which feels particularly harsh. Oh, poor Jeremy. I don't. I think he's fine. Well, he is now. Yeah. After that accident. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Oh, don't even. Scary stuff. I only had one sore leg. He had a sore everything. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Uh, to refresh the series, there was a move to follow the example of the Dark Knight and remove the Mission Impossible from the title oh. rather than sell it as the fourth installment and instead they changed it to a subtitle. Uh, what does Ghost Protocol mean? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what happens when you blow up the Kremlin oh, and yeah. you disavow the whole agency. Oh, that's what I thought it meant. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Christopher McQuarrie carried out an uncredited rewrite right. of the screenplay. He reportedly simplified the convoluted plot what? And reconfigured Brandt <laughs> so he was a former field agent with a connection to Ethan and his wife. Good move. Uh, like Quarry just, yeah. He gets it. Yeah. All good moves, yeah. I reckon. Very sensible. Um, Abrams couldn't return because he was in between making Super 8 and Star Trek No Colon Into Darkness. Oh. Other directors up for the job were reportedly Edgar Wright. Oh, yes. And Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland and Venom. Oh. Yeah. Paramount made the choice of Brad Bird, which is interesting. Paramount wanted to make the movie in 3D, but Bird went with IMAX instead, and Paramount had no idea this was going to be a box office smash, and the Renner-centric strategy going forward dissipated. Yeah. It made just under $700 million and was the franchise's highest-grossing film until Mission Impossible Fallout seven years later. Yeah. Um, last segment, sum it up. Uh, oh, I, I do have a little squid bit oh, agenda yeah. for you. So yep. what, the screenwriters on the original version, like the, the ones named, yep. are um, Nemec and Applebaum. Yep. Uh, who started, they created that Citadel show on Amazon. Oh. Which is very spy heavy. Yes, yes. Um, but apparently they did not get along with the Russos and were replaced and this is the reason it's the most expensive show ever made is because the person who took over basically went and refilmed everything. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. But you can see their kind of like fingers in it because it's like a lot of very weird convoluted spy malarkey. Right. You watched it? I've watched the first three. I right. Think, yeah. It's like Stanley Tucci is delightful. Oh yeah, that there are some there are some scenes with Stanley Tucci and Leslie Manville, and I'm like, I just want to watch these two having hanging out. Yeah, stop with the spy business. Like, yeah, just let them let them threaten each other for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's heaps. Yeah, uh, isn't the idea that they're filming an Italian version and a and a 
and another and an Indian version. Well, and yeah, supposedly like so. This will be the core series, and yeah. then there'll be like agents. You will be able to watch the Italian agents and yeah. the Indian agents. Yeah, like it's not a bad idea, but it is also a little bit dark universe where you're yeah. getting ahead of yourself before yeah. you. Anyway, like everyone's trying to make a franchise before they make anything solid. Yeah, hence why Captain America and Thor yeah. underrated yeah. in 2011 because it. If they weren't at least good, yeah. who gives a shit about Avengers? I know. We didn't all go to see those just for Nick Fury turning up at the end to corral them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, final <laughs> segment. Like, I forget what film it was I went to see. I remember it was like the King Kong movie, the stupid um, Godzilla, not the Godzilla versus Kong, but the Kong Skull Island. Right. And someone told me, oh, there's a... There's an end credit sequence in that. I'm like, what? It's part of a franchise? And I was like, because Samuel L. Jackson died in it, I thought he couldn't come back at the end to invite them all to the Avengers. So I left. (laughs) So I left. Might as well leave now. Sorry. Spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen the uh, giant ape movie. Ah, damn. I was really... Tonight was the night as well. I'm so bummed out. Uh, So what does this movie mean to you? Uh, In Jawflexes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon this is the first one that's really fun yes. all the way through. Like there's yeah. fun moments in all the other films, but like it's it's like they saw the scene with uh, him reading lips and everyone trying to work out how he could hear what was going on. Yeah. And go, we should add more of this throughout. The yeah, film. and it's like I love that the the mask machine breaks down, so yeah. they've just got to like oh, I haven't seen this person. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all fun, and then it turns out old mate's wearing a mask. Yeah. It's it's a lot of very silly behaviour. Um, Maybe that's the problem with Nyquist, is because probably the scene where he could have really yeah. done a lot of his best acting and really given it some stuff, it's the other actor. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, yeah it's interesting. He just gets nothing to do. Yeah. And is it's just not very... Like, there's nothing exciting about him. No. Um, he doesn't even seem that, seem that menacing. No, it's just like a, a zealot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. It's it feels like a. I mean, it feels like an IMAX movie. Like even watching yeah. it on a telly, you're like, oh wow, this is so big. Yeah. Like, everything feels enormous. Yeah. Um. Which I really enjoyed. Uh. So yeah, it just like after the last one, which felt like I was watching a TV movie. Yeah. An expensive TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> this one feels like a proper big screen, big yeah. budget movie. Um, and you know I love Brad Bird's movies, so yeah. I was I was happy to see him, you know, get to play with real people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he did a great job. It was great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for me, I've I've got a, about four jaw flexes. Yeah, out of five. So I, um, yeah, it feels like so the, the the first three films were like a their own little trilogy, and now yeah. it starts the new version of yeah. Mission Impossible. Uh, Cruz really starts to lean into being unhinged with his stunts, which is fantastic. Yeah. And then just there's such minor quibbles, but just a, a better written female lead, more Holloway, yeah. uh, Sadu and Wilkinson, just a little bit more of them would have yeah. been nice because they're all great. Uh, but they're so minor. I'm giving it uh, four Tom Cruise jaw flexes out of five as well. Yeah. I, think it's, uh, I think it's a really, really fun film and uh, I had a really good time getting... Getting back I just, to it. I, I just wish it also had um, uh, Old Mate in it. 
from the last one. He was so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's like, well, you know, with AI, soon you'll be able to just... Oh, yeah, we'll be able to pop him in there later. <coughs> just, <laughs> just remix. Just remix the, all the Mission Impossible films into the perfect Mission Impossible film. Uh, let's go and watch the trailer for the new one. All right, cool. Thank you to Adam for joining me today and thank you to our Patreon subscriber for the episode, Malcolm. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Remember, uh, no more, uh, well, no more, just no podcast next week. I'm off with family staff. So uh, if you're keen to check out something else, uh, you can head to the Patreon where you can access the second part of our Tony Martin podcast from uh, nine years ago and you can access a whole lot of other old interviews uh, bonus podcasts uh, blog stuff all sorts of things over there there's i was just looking through uh, the amount of stuff that we have there and it's it's a lot so uh, if, if you're feeling like you're missing out uh, sign up to patreon and you can get access to a whole bunch of bonus content. Uh, You can also see me at the Harold Park Hotel with Tim Ferguson on June 13th at 7.30pm. Tickets are limited, so head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs to get on board. Uh, Really looking forward to this gig. Can't wait to work with Tim again as well. You know what? I'm going to go. Thanks once again for your company. Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.